Hello everyone. I'm Amrita and I run a travel experience company called Urban Sarai in Nashik. In the summer of 2020, as the entire world was under lockdown, I brewed some tea, sat in front of my phone and spoke to some incredible women through Instagram live sessions. We discussed heritage recipes, ancient monuments, the magical portions of the past, Peshwa era fabrics, art deco architecture and much much more. These chats range from some very personal stories to solid professional advice to a creative entrepreneur. In today's session I am talking to Yogini Budkar, co-founder of Sirana Meats, a meadery based in Nashik that's trying to revive the ancient Indian drink that the gods used to consume. Want to know more? Let me take you to the magical world of bees. These next 40 minutes are going to change your life for sure. very interesting topic and it is and for the first time i'm going to talk about the drinking culture in india in, in this context i i have talked about meads and honey and beekeeping and bees a lot of times before but this i'm very excited to talk about this myself but no, i have waited for this chat forever and you know that <laughs> <laughs> yes i do <laughs> i have been writing to you uh, emails after emails and then you know whatsapp messages after messages oh my god so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry there's always something or else going on you know yeah. it is with new business and we are at the start of the start and we have faced a lot of hurdles now with this lockdown again it's like today we talk only about good things about how indians in ancient times used to make merry and drink meads <laughs> that is what i want to talk about today nothing else yeah. no bad things today little bit about just touch upon you know what hurdles you faced like just little bit just to get this idea uh well first of all in our culture now alcohol is considered so taboo and we hear these uh, cases of domestic violence after drinking that uh, it's sort of uh, alcohol is abused and then it gets a bad rep so mm. our country prohibition is a perpetual state of being uh, basically mm. so anything pertaining to alcohol unless exclusively permitted in those specific mm. words is prohibited so we had mm. to start with getting permission to ferment honey to make mead it mm-hmm. uh, started off with uh, making multiple rounds of the mantralaya to get uh, to get an appointment with the then excise minister uh, honorable chandrashekhar bavankule but once we got the meeting it was pretty easy uh, we just like had a presentation made and we were connecting the laptop and he asked us what are you doing we said we have a presentation for you he's like you want permission to ferment honey right i think it's a very good initiative you should do it <laughs> and then we did not even show him our presentation we were out in like 5 minutes so yeah it, it took us quite some time to reach there but well, once uh, we explained our idea to the officials they were very supportive so mm-hmm. apart from taking a lot of time to get things done there were not other like, uh, people did no. not uh, as a policy they did not say no to what we were doing they were always very excited oh honey fermentation mm. uh, very excited oh. okay so, yeah. so let's um, i think we actually we jumped to the last point <laughs> we, we did start right <laughs> we did start But I think we are going to do that a lot because I think for from our conversations, I realize that we are going to go like you know jump on. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about yourself, about Ashwini. How you decided? Nay, let it come a little later. Before uh, Sirana meets, what happened in your life, and where were you, and what were you doing? Uh, so my education has sort of been a multi-faculty education. I graduated uh, from Vaze College Mulun with botany as my major subject because I always like plants and flowers. Uh, so um, there was a yeah. So I graduated with botany as my major, and I had biotechnology as a vocational subject at that time. Then I went to Pune for two years to do my masters in zoology. 
that that uh, the department of zoology in university of pune is basically a life science degree that you get there it's not hardcore zoology and i mm. got to study a lot of different subjects like molecular biology genetics uh, uh, nucleic acid and protein chemistry uh, genetic information flow processing all these subjects uh, they stayed very vividly in my uh, head and it all showed me how intricately connected all life forms on this planet are one of mm. the interesting subjects that i studied there was genetics um mm. we studied different types of genetics population genetics behavioral genetics developmental genetics you name it and we studied it because that was my specialization mm. anyway in behavioral okay. genetics we studied something very interesting about honeybees every aspect of honeybee behavior is genetically controlled and at different time in its life in her life different genes get activated because of which she can do different chores that are required to be done Mm-hmm. I think we should have another session uh, solely dedicated. But I'm just telling you how I got interested in this. That is something mm-hmm. that I'm trying to bring you to. So uh, the cleaning behavior, the honeybees are very clean, neat and tidy. Uh, you know, insects are. They what they do is they feed the larvae. The mm-hmm. queen lays eggs. The worker bees feed the larvae. They feed the larvae royal jelly and then honey. These larvae grow into pupae. So at mm-hmm. at a certain stage, the larva spins a cocoon around itself. and that is when mm. that particular cell is sealed by wax by the worker bees okay as the larva turns into an adult it breaks out of the pupa and then it mm. breaks this seal and comes out as an adult honeybee okay. now what happens sometimes is these pupae uh, the larva does not develop into a, a healthy adult bee and it dies inside that cell so if a cell okay. remains closed for too long mm. the honeybees the worker bees break that cell open and they remove the dead the carcass of the uh, undeveloped adult bee from there okay and uh-huh. yeah and what happens is once they remove that carcass the other bees come and clean. so there are two steps involved one is breaking the seal open and the other is removing the carcass and cleaning the cell for the mm. queen to lay a fresh egg inside and mm. these two different behaviors are gen- controlled by two different genes in honeybees so there is one okay. gene if it is active the bee will break open the cell Hmm. and the other thing if it is active it will remove the carcass so okay. rodendular uh, there was a professor in united states called rodendular he studied genetics uh, of honeybees very extensively many many years back and he pinpointed these two genes he found out that there are two mutations one of which uh, if the honeybee has that the bee will never open the uh, break open the seal on the honeybee hmm. cell honeycomb cell but if it is hmm. already broken open she will clean the carcass out okay and the other type will only break the seal open but not clean the carcass mm-hmm. out she has the other type of mutation and that is what ah. our professor in university of pune zoology department taught us and it just blew my mind to no extent i was like how a gene can control such specific behaviors and i that really got me interested in honeybees to start with researching about this and you know watching them their behavior and actually concluding this is also such an interesting process i'm sure they must have had a ball so yeah <laughs> so coming back science part of it is we are actually going yeah. to leave on side i just told you why i got interested in this yeah. and then as i was doing uh, then i came back to mumbai i uh, worked uh, for two years and then i cleared my csir uh, net that is a national eligibility test that is given for uh, research fellowships and uh, i joined for my phd in food engineering and technology department at uh, institute of chemical technology that's there in matunga 
okay so the department was dedicated to research on food and beverages my research per se was a little hardcore academic uh, uh, rdna tech related research i met with this professor who had come there from the uk uh, looking to collaborate with my pi my boss um he told me about mead for the very first time and he said that you know he asked me have you i was just showing him around the city uh, because i am born and raised in mumbai so i was just showing him around the city we were having lunch somewhere and he asked me do you know uh, about meads and i told him no what is mead and he said it's an alcoholic beverage made by fermenting honey and every mm. word in that sentence sort of yes yes mm. yes you know it got me interested okay so honey bees closely related to honey bees fermentation yes always interested in fermentation and alcoholic beverage who is not interested in alcoholic beverage so i started doing more research on that basically mm. what mead is and if it is available in india and i found out that it wasn't so i decided mm. to make my own home brewed mead and such i just took some off the shelf retail honey and i used baker's yeast and um, added some spices in and the mead turned out surprisingly well actually because i read uh, about it a lot and a lot of people said that their first ever mead experience was not very good <laughs> they ended up making rocket fuels but uh, mine surprisingly was not that my mead turned out very well my friends appreciated it it sort of encouraged me to make more and with every next batch i could fine tune it i used different ingredients i used proper yeasts and i started becoming more um, technically sound in, in making mead by this time my phd was getting over and uh, i was thinking of what i want to do next and one thing led to the other some things happened and i don't want to get into the details but things happened in such a way the dominoes fell in such a way that i came to a decision that i want to start this and ashwini was uh, she and i we were doing phd together uh, she finished her work uh, uh, way before i did and she went to canada to do her post doctorate mm. so um, and she was one of my closest friends uh, in the department so when i took this decision of you know starting a meadery i called her up I, or i messaged her i don't remember i told her basically that this is what i want to do and she was also she has she has always been a very motivated woman and very hard working so and she also wanted to do something different and she said you know what i am planning to come back to india why don't we you know do this together and that's how basically it was a very impulsive decision all the feasibility analysis and everything everything happened later on <laughs> but it's good that it happened later on because otherwise it would have been we might not have gotten into this <laughs> looking at a little bit of madness is required i don't think you can calculate every move market analysis and cost benefit analysis right now the culture is so restrictive in india when it comes to alcohol and as i did more and more research i found out that ancient indians were actually much cooler than we are now they used yeah. to enjoy drinking <laughs> and there are a lot of reports that i found well we don't have a time machine so we can't really go back and see if it is actually true but a lot of reports mention that drinking used to be a part of regular culture for uh, people in the subcontinent of india and hmm. i actually have um, a lot of information to share on that account i have i have written my notes here so that i don't miss out on anything even i have my notes lots of them actually <laughs> great this is just a new and offbeat topic you know and uh, i don't think many of us know about this so can you just tell what is mead how it's made so one line or definition of mead is uh, an alcoholic beverage that's made by fermenting honey it hmm. can or cannot have spices and fruits and herbs in it 
so based okay. on ingredients there are different types of meads but mead basically means a, a alcoholic beverage that's made by fermenting honey honey is your main source of fermentable in this fermentable is sugar so to give you a context when you ferment malts which are made from hmm. grain you get beers when you ferment fruits grapes any other fruit or uh, you get wine and when you ferment honey you get mead so mead is not wine mead is not beer mead is mead okay <laughs> in my caption that it is a wine made of honey but it's not correct you're saying it's an alcoholic beverage made of honey yeah got yes. it go ahead <laughs> so uh, how it's made so okay so mead basically is of different types based on its alcohol content or its uh, the ingredients that go in it alcohol content can vary for a mead mm, okay what happens is fruits have a certain sugar content already in them unless you add sugar uh, on top of it or dilute the fruit further if you are planning to use it as it is the alcohol content in the final product is pretty much decided uh, before you start the fermentation because the fruit has so much alcohol uh, sugar same for malts malts have a certain percent of sugar in it so beer what concentration beer you are going to make it more or less decided unless you dilute or concentrate it further for honey it's a very versatile drink you have to dilute honey in order for the yeast to ferment it but uh, how much you can dilute it is completely in your hands you can dilute the honey one part honey and four part liquid or water you can dilute it one part honey and three part or two and half part water and based on that you get a wide range of alcohol percent you can get as high as 18% alcohol in it or as low as 3.5 4% alcohol in it so it's really your choice how you want to proceed with the recipe how you want to develop the recipe so based on alcohol content the mead can either be a hydromel that is a low alcohol mead standard mead which is about 12 to 14% mead or a sack mead which is very high alcohol mead more than 18% alcohol mead based on ingredients that are used a mead can either be a traditional mead as it was made traditionally only honey and water nothing mm. else fermented with yeast it can be a melomel a melomel is a honey and fruit fermented together a mead that is made by honey and fruits mm. uh, all all of serana mead uh, meads that are available right now are all melomels we have three different variants right now going a jamun melomel uh, which is made by fermenting honey and jamun together pomegranate melomel that is made wow. by fermenting honey and pomegranate juice together and the third one is a shenan blanc pimen which is basically a mead made with shenan blanc grapes and honey together so okay. they are all melomels Mm. Hmm. and then there are sub categories we don't want to get into too much technical details yeah. so the second category second type of mead is melomel third mm. type of mead um is called a metheglin a metheglin is a mead made with honey and spices or herbs okay. for example if you are using say uh, you know your indian spices like ginger root or pepper or uh, cinnamon nutmeg all these spices or herbs like basil thyme you know all these different herbs that you are using together so this kind of a mead is called a metheglin and there is a very interesting history behind why it is called metheglin which connects to indian roots actually because it's relevant to yeah. why you are conducting this series a heritage and culture so metheglin is an original word a welsh word it came from wales where people used to make these tinctures and decoctions with hmm. medicinal plants fermented with honey and water and this hmm. was consumed as a medicine okay because some of the phytoconstituents that are present in plants they don't dissolve hmm. well in water 
but they dissolve hmm. better in alcohol and that okay. is why even in india we use all these arishtas and hmm. asavas where hmm. plants are put inside a sugary solution that sugar can be actual sugar or jaggery or honey and hmm. the medicinal properties of that plant they get uh, dissolved into the alcohol that is generated by fermentation and that is given as a medicine so this methylene okay. we are using spices and basically plant sources uh, herbs phytoconstituents uh, that are important to you you are consuming them so that the body can assimilate it more easily so the methylene mm. word actually comes from there and it finds mm. roots in even india our ayurveda also mentions uh, making uh, your arishtas and asavas in a similar way cough syrup has alcohol in it some the of the cough syrups they do have alcohol in them yeah so they are prescription only cough syrups which have alcohol in them Mm. But so going back that you're talking now, they have alcohol uh, added from top. The asavas uh, and aristas, they have alcohol generated from within by fermentation. That is the difference between them. The fourth type of mead is a braggart, which is basically mm. a very close to beer mead. Uh, that is a mead made by fermenting honey and malts together. So okay. malt, if you ferment, you get beer, and you add honey to it in enough amount for it to be called a braggart. It becomes a mead. Uh, so that's the fourth category of mead. Can I ask you a very basic question? Anything yeah. that has sugar can be fermented, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what do the scriptures say about mead, and how they have uh, men- mentioned all these meads and alcoholic beverages in the scriptures? Interesting question because the first mention of mead is in written text was found in Rigveda. In Rigveda, there are uh, there are several shlokas that mention giving. Mead libations to the king of the gods, that's Indra, who likes it. And the word that they have used for mead in those is madhu, so which is very mm. interesting because it takes me mm. to uh, some other topics that I wanted to discuss. Um, but it's very important to, you know, know and assimilate it that in India, even in mm. even in very sacred books like Vedas. Mead is mentioned. Mm. It is mentioned that alcoholic drinks were given as libation to gods. That is mm. how acceptable it was in Indian culture mm. to consume yeah. alcohol. It was not looked down upon or anything. There are certain um, uh, literature, like texts, articles that mention that uh, alcohol was consumed specifically by Kshatriyas and Brahmanas. Mm. Okay, I want to give a disclaimer because we are going to talk a lot about the Indian culture and ancient history and how things were there. I am myself an atheist and I don't follow any kind of religion, so I am going to answer everything very objectively. I don't have an mm. agenda. I don't have like a, some vested interest, and I would like to put it out there <laughs> so that I don't yeah. offend anyone. These days, it's important to you know say these things out loud. so yeah. yeah so brahmanas and kshatriyas uh, specifically would consume alcohol more than the other two varnas that were present what about women there was no gender discrimination when it came to drinking women men of all parts of society would enjoy drinking there was actually a culture um, called madhupan people would gather together and they would drink mead or sweet mm. alcoholic beverages and mm. uh, that is what uh, madhupan actually uh, means and when i read that i was like you know what this madhupan culture bloody better come back <laughs> and we should you know i'll start being adults about it and just you know, enjoy uh, whatever yeah. you know nature has to offer us and 
there are some people who believe that need probably was made naturally uh, mm. some hive uh, collected water and naturally it probably fermented it and man just discovered it and mm. then man realized oh this is something nice let me try and recreate it uh, by myself that is what a lot of historians believe as well i have uh, uh, this uh, reference from this book called uh, of feasts and fasts a history of indian cuisine by okay. colleen taylor same she's a canadian author who ex- mm-hmm. whose expertise is in indian cuisine and she's done a lot of research herself and she says that sura the indian beer that was made mm-hmm. with rice and uh, barley and wheat had a version different version called medaka this medaka was sura made with honey so it's our own version of braggart basically that was okay. made madhu was mm. considered a mead that is made purely from honey and it's very sweet in taste madhupan was there madhu devata did you know that indian goddess of intoxicating beverages is also named after madhu the which is essentially mead her name is madhu devata look her up you'll okay. find information on madhu devata as well she is a goddess of intoxicating drinks and substances and tell me what's your next question Yeah, the question. Now you were going to tell about sake and sarai also. Oh yeah. So these are the words that are uh, mainly found in I think Persian languages. Sake mm. is uh, apparently a woman bartender. I don't know if it's a mm. woman or a man. Any, I don't know if it's like particularly specific to gender. But and sarai, I'm sure you know sarai as well. Your handle is called yeah. Urban Sarai. But sarai is basically an inn or a local watering hole where people go to have their drinks. so a sarai maybe is a place for people to have something like madhupan and maybe a sake comes and serves them the mead you know so all these words you find them and even in uh, very well revered epics that uh, we all follow like ramayana and mahabharata they also mention uh, drinking sessions happening very openly and uh, sita apparently used to drink something called mairayo or mairayakka which is a spice okay. wine which is made by using different ingredients like grapes honey and a bunch of other spices together this recipe i haven't been able to find out um i don't know if it's there in ramayana itself or not i haven't read ramayana it such apart from the doordarshan mm. one i am i have not seen any other <laughs> ramayana i think doordarshan ramayana is a very satvik ramayana i don't think you'll find anything like that over there <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true So yeah, Mayre. Yes, so Sita apparently used to enjoy uh, her uh, uh, tipple as well, and it was called Mayre. Mm-hmm. Yes, specific recipe of her or for her. I don't know. It's mm. it's mentioned in the original Ramayana. It's also mentioned. Things they make you wonder that what happened in history. Huh. That because you know you keep on hearing all these things that ancient Indians used to do this, and they were like this, and they were like that. So what happened uh, in between? So there are only theories as to what must have happened, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just going to sort of recite those theories. Um, but before I do that, I see one more word here which I forgot to talk about, which is called Madhuparka. We have a tradition of welcoming guests who come for any celebratory uh, gathering, like a wedding ceremony or a baby's naming ceremony or whatever, by giving them a mixture of uh, honey and curd. 
is called Madhuparka. Now, this is completely my theory. It may completely be wrong. I haven't done a lot of research in it. But since you are in touch with all these historians, maybe you can uh, shed more light on it. Madhu, yeah. we saw from earlier whatever mentions that I did. Now, Madhu Devata is a god of intoxicating beverages. Madhu was a libation to Indra, which was an intoxicating beverage. So it is okay to assume that Madhu was synonymous to mead and not honey. Hmm. So by by the word madhu you mean something alcoholic now madhushala madhushala exactly hmm. uh, when you add curd to it curd hmm. basically has lactobacilli uh, we ferment hmm. our meads with yeast now hmm. but there are certain sour mead versions uh, that are hmm. fermented by using lactobacilli these are bacteria uh, present in your curd which convert milk into curd Mm. to put it simply but that, those bacteria can also eat some other type of sugar they don't have to only eat milk sugar so if you add them in honey they are going to start fermenting honey also and they are going to convert it into something sour now mm. the important connection that i had like several years back at least four years back i came across this article which said that uh, in switzerland some scientists found out that lactobacilli fermented mead a mead that is made mm. by fermenting honey with lactobacilli actually curbs antibiotic resistance of pathogenic bacteria okay which is something very interesting they haven't done a specific research on it they don't mm. know the mechanism how it happens they just know that it happens they have just proved yeah. that it happens and we have been doing this forever in we have been but we don't we don't eat the fermented <laughs> version of it <laughs> we only mm. use the honey and curd version of it yeah. But you know, yeah. I think the idea is somewhere similar. I think the idea is there yeah. because of like with changing time, the alcohol part of it started getting more and more taboo, and we started mm. converting, uh, we started interpreting madhu as honey and not mead, mm. and that's how uh, the culture changed from giving them some beverage, a, a refreshing beverage, which is a lacto fermented mm. honey. Uh, instead of that, you just give them something sweet. It's still sweet. Yeah. It's still okay. Uh, nothing against it, but probably it was not something that originally happened. When we offer curd and honey together, what we are actually offering is good bacteria, good for your gut. So you know, yes. in a way, we are actually offering good health to our guests. That's what That's, I look at it. That is. True. You know, you can't go overboard with anything. Alcohol in small yeah. in small quantities is good. Yeah, yeah. Or I will go yeah. as uh, up to saying that it is not bad. Maybe it's not good, but it is definitely not bad. You know, it's like having twenty cups of tea in a day is not good for you. So it's like that. But yeah, I think what must have happened was um, so Indian subcontinent got encroached by different cultures at different points mm. in time. Uh, first, uh, Mughals came in. The religion mm. that was followed by them was mainly Islam. and islam specifically bans alcohol or anything intoxicating that doesn't let you think clearly that lowers mm. your inhibitions of doing something wrong the reason why mm. islam bans alcohol is this that you always have to be in control of your be that is why it yeah. bans it and uh, that is why alcohol is banned there and they came here with an agenda of spreading their religion and that is mm. why slowly the mind was washed ki okay alcohol is bad that is one probability the hmm. other thing that might have happened was because you are given uh, more uh, liberty you sort of misuse hmm. take advantage yeah take advantage of what is given to you so because yeah. alcohol is so freely available a lot of people hmm. started you know getting drunk might have happened and that is why more and more rules started coming in okay hmm. if you are going to behave this way i need to be more strict in how i yeah. let you be So the governing True. body sort of takes control, and they say, "Okay, okay, no, this is not allowed. This is bad. Not allowed mm. makes the thing very coveted. 
but this is bad yeah. put a religious mm-hmm. tone to it then suddenly yeah. people start you know following those things so maybe yeah. that is another thing that might have happened but in your blog you have mentioned that uh, there is some connection of islam and mead what is it so it's a little vague connection to be honest i i would like to do research on it but i will leave it to experts and um, but uh, just hold on a sec i have given a link on my blog i think let me just yeah. um, go to that link so that uh, yeah just go through the article i think everyone should read that blog i'm not and i why i encourage people to read that blog is it's not sirana centric it's very very general blog and mm. uh, people will drink sirana mead if they like the mead it's as simple as that mm. i personally love whatever we make but i cannot force people to you know like it i can force people to maybe drink it once but this blog it's yeah. very very generic it is very informative it's very interesting so yeah mead in islam mm. Mm. so a beverage a mead or mead like beverage has been described by abu yusuf yaqub ibn ishaq al kindi that's his name mm. yes uh in a medicinal formulary that he has collected mm. i think he was their hakim is that the word the oh, doctor yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he was a Hakim who uh, sort of uh, described the mead-like recipe as a medicine mm. to be had in his book, okay. and that is a mm. mention of mead. And honey in uh, Islamic culture is considered very, very pak, mm. like holy. So mm-hmm. I guess uh, that is why uh, he used honey in his version of medeglin or arista mm. or asava. and uh, mm. that is what he has uh, mentioned so even in islam as a medicine probably mead is allowed if uh, mm. taken in small portions and small servings it it was just very interesting to me that mead was also mentioned there mm. especially when the religion particularly and very very strongly is against any kind of alcohol consumption so mm. yeah that was uh, that was another thing that i uh, i have listed in my blog whatever happened now we are all sane and you know we can take well informed decisions and mead i feel is the most sustainable alcoholic beverage hmm. because it is made from honey and for having for collecting honey you don't have to deforest huge plains of land to start your agriculture hmm. for wine you need acres and acres of grape vineyards for hmm. apples you need uh, for ciders you need apple orchards so what you're doing is natural jungles are being cut down so that you can have your agriculture there and then you will lose a lot of fertilizers lot of chemicals over there inhibiting honey waste by the way the excessive use of fertilizers pesticides it's it's all very inhibitory to honey bees honey bees thrive in the most natural organic environment hmm. and another reason why it is more sustainable is you can keep a bee box in a jungle that has flowers hmm otherwise yeah. wasted resource we just posted about wildflower honey today on our insta page we have been doing this week long series of different types of honeys that are found in india one question somebody asked me are they harmed uh, while you extract the honey the honey bees uh, there are different types of beekeeping practices we collect our honey from beekeepers that follow the best practices so in a beehive in a bee box there are two chambers there is a lower mm. chamber which is called a brood chamber and an upper chamber which is called a super chamber in nature mm. when bees collect honey the upper portion of their hive is always filled with the surplus honey the lower mm. portion is where the queen lays eggs and larvae are made so that is where brood is formed and mm. upper portion is where honey is stored and the honey that is required for the brood is stored on the side of the comb on the lower portions so there is mm. honey and pollen pollen stored on the sides and center portion is where the queen lays eggs and the 
top mm. portion is where the surplus honey is stored so there are certain okay. beekeepers who practice a good type of beekeeping which means that they collect honey from the super and that is the honey that we mm. use so honey bees are not harmed in any way the beekeepers take good care of them and only the surplus mm. honey which is not required by the bees is collected by us that answers the okay. question you know there is a question about cruelty and i think this particular honey is cruelty free as i just said that we collect we take we buy our honey only from beekeepers who practice the good uh, have good practices uh, good manufacturing practices although they don't do the manufacturing the manufacturing bit is done by honey bees but they collect this honey only from the super chambers which is only mm. for the surplus honey storage so yeah we'll we love that the product that we are making is sustainable and it promotes organic farming and it promotes minimizing use of chemicals so that honey bees can visit uh, uh, those flowers and collect that nectar so uh, we are very proud of what we are making actually so your honey mead is actually steeped in indian culture that i can see that that could be your cat line i think <laughs> well we say get line. buzzed with sirana <laughs> i suppose we can go on and on and on about this and we have hardly touched upon bees you know that's a whole yeah. other session now <laughs> i have some very quick questions for you don't think too much choose one of the two dogs or bees <laughs> okay all animals are important part of the ecosystem <laughs> but bees i'm sorry i love bruno i love my dog but the answer to this question is bees because they form a very important part of the ecosystem by pollinating by conducting cross pollination mixing genes so that better and better version of flowers and fruits are uh, developed they uh, speed up evolution by doing that and they give honey which sort of uh, makes my bread and butter possible <laughs> I think that's the most important answer. So, uh, bees are humans. Bees are humans. Hmm. Ah, no, that there is there is no one answer to that. <laughs> I thought this will be easier for you, you know, yeah. rather than the first question. There are no bees without humans. There are no humans without bees. <laughs> you know, the question that I thought was difficult was actually easy for you. So, uh, do you prefer to live on a mountain or a beach with all your bees? Oh, with the bees, mountain. But hmm. my personal choice for uh, enjoying myself is beach. Konkan hmm. uh, coastal area is very ideal for me, where half of me is from anyway. My mother is from the Konkan uh, region, so uh, it has mountains on one side and beach on the other. So it's perfect. <laughs> you cannot live on a beach. They need to be in a jungle or a mountain. So what happens is. Um, a lot of flowering plants which help bees in surviving throughout the year happen to mm. be in mountainous jungle regions very few jungles that are deciduous annually flowering plants are found very few of them are found close to coastal areas so not need then what alternate profession for you teaching yeah i, I would I, I, <laughs> i i love to give gyan <laughs> Just before this session, I was telling my friend that I'm a little nervous. She's like, "Why don't you just think of it as us sitting in front of you and you giving yeah. us gyan like you always do?" So one dead and one living person you want to interview through Instagram. One dead and one living person that I want I want to interview, and I shouldn't think too much for this. <laughs> so uh, the professor Rodin Bueller is somebody that I would like to interview. I just don't know if he's living or not. now he must be very old if he is living now uh, any historical era you would like to live in yeah the vedic era sounds very interesting uh, so mm-hmm. i would like to go back in time to that when people were more chilled out any ancient drink mentioned in the scriptures that you want to try 
I would no. I actually want to try Medaka. It's the beer, the sura and honey mix version. Uh, in okay. fact. I don't mind telling you that when we were home brewing, we actually tried uh, brewing some of those um, sura with honey in it recipes. We found some recipes uh, online. You haven't tried in your meats, but you want to try. You know it will work. A flavor that I haven't tried in my meats, but I want to try. Made so many batches. I have to really rake my brain to, you know, remember what I have not tried. Honestly. I haven't. I ha- I tried coffee only once, and it did not work for me. But Moonshine guys came up with very excellent coffee mead. I hope to make a good coffee mead the way they have done. So maybe that. Has anybody tried it with tea? I have tried it with tea. It was strictly okay. <laughs> But I would like to try a lot of Indian spices in the meads that we are making. Ashwini is actually very good at coming up with recipes. I am. not very good as she is good with coming uh, good at coming up with ideas and then executing them well as well she is the one she is the mead maker amongst the two of us how many tirana meads glasses can you drink at one go our bottles are pint size 330 ml pint and uh, i'm not much of a drinker so i can have about uh, four pints in one go my record has been six okay. never got a hangover with meads by the way fyi just okay. putting it out there <laughs> can have as much as you want no hangovers <laughs> any other mead making people you want to say hi to right now there are four different meaderies that are that have gotten their license in maharashtra uh, the first meadery that opened up was moonshine i think nitin joined a while back i don't know if he's still there but if he's there hi there is a meadery called lark so i don't think they are here though and the other one is wildcraft so if they are there a hi to all of them so best accompaniment mead what should be had as food like they talk about wine combinations so mead is a very versatile drink based on what honey you are using what fruit you are using what spice you are using how much leftover sugar is there whether it's a completely dry mead or a sweet mead or a semi off dry mead whether it's high alcohol low alcohol carbonated still it's a very versatile drink and you can have varied types of cuisines with meads there is there is a mead for everyone as uh, some of the very top mead makers say uh, there is not a single person uh, who will not find any mead likable to to put it simply you can make mead tailored to each and every person's liking so similarly it can be made uh, to go with different types of cuisines so we have three meads and they all three of them go well with different uh, three different types of cuisines uh, one the shanabla goes well with creamy cuisines uh the jamun melamel goes well with spicy cuisines pomegranate is more versatile it will go well with any type of cuisine that that kind of thing let me just quickly see if there are any questions and if we haven't covered that amol says we still remember your first experiment with mead oh, he uh, we did our phd together and uh, he mm. was our he was my first guinea pig when i made the mead for the very first time i had taken it to the lab for people to try it <laughs> how much sugar in the uh, honey gets converted into alcohol uh, so it depends on the recipe if you are letting the yeast chew off all the alcohol all the sugar gets used uh, if you stop the fermentation toward the end very little sugar is uh, remaining residual sugar uh, do you mm-hmm. conduct workshops and where do we get serana meats i will update you about that after the lockdown is over <laughs> 
Uh, in Nashik, we have a couple of places that we will start soon. But at this very moment, nowhere is the answer. I'm sorry. We plan to start workshops when the meadery opens for uh, tours, and mm. we will have small, just demonstration sorts for uh, beekeeping as well, uh, not okay. just mead making. You will see a couple of bee boxes. You will see what all is used by beekeepers and how everything is done. so uh, that is what we are planning as of now so it's going to be very interesting i invite all the people who are right now uh, online yeah. to uh, come to the meadery thank you so much for inviting me you gave me an opportunity to talk about my most favorite topic <laughs> and i hope that uh, you also found something that you did not know about this amazing beverage that we are all planning to make or making already and uh, in context of indian culture by the way because uh, this session i have been looking forward to the most because as i said in this particular context i haven't talked i haven't talked about uh, uh, meads before indian uh, meads and indian culture so i it was a very enjoyable time for me and i think i am really interested now i'll do some more research and keep calling you and bugging you let's so, definitely bye. do a honey bee session yeah yeah i think that's something i would really like